Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast, where we delve into the innovative world of health, wellness, and beauty through a biohacking lens. I'm your host, Amitai Eshel, co-founder and CEO of Young Goose. And today, we have the honor of speaking with an exceptional guest, Dr. Jonathan Mendoza, fondly known as Nurse Doza. Nurse Doza is a renowned holistic family nurse practitioner, doctor of chiropractic, and a vanguard in functional medicine with a distinct focus on liver function, metabolic health, inflammation, hormone balance, and energy. Co-founder of the popular MSW Nutrition Supplement line and a passionate advocate for optimal liver health, Nurse Doza is a visionary who believes that the secret to overall wellness and longevity lies in the liver. Our conversation today promises to shed light on the intimate connection between the liver and skin health, unravel the mysteries of glutathione, the master antioxidant, and offer practical advice on effective liver maintenance for radiant skin health. It's an episode brimming with insightful takeaways. And before we dive in, I want to share a review from one of our valued biohacking beauty listeners who goes by the handle Vitamin Guru. They write, the Biohacking Beauty podcast is a treasure trove of information, always introducing me to new and exciting ways to look at health and skin. I've learned so much from these conversations. Thank you so much for making this content available. We're incredibly grateful for uh, reviews like these. They help us reach and educate more people about the intricacies of biohacking and beauty. So. If you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you're listening to this podcast. Even a one-word review significantly helps get more people to listen to this podcast and for us to help more people that will be interested. Now, without further ado, let's dive into our illuminating conversation with Nurse Doza. John, aka Nurse Doza. Dude, uh, super, super excited to have you on. I, I love having friends on the podcast. I feel like this is like my favorite episodes, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. I consider you a friend as well. And you know, it's, it's funny. I was thinking about this. We actually get to talk. Like normally when we see each other, we don't get to talk too much, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's the problem. Like we see each other when we have like a mission in front of us, right? Like we, yeah. we have a lot of things going on. So so it's really, really cool to, to get to have to talk and uh, to, to get to talk. And, and obviously, I'm a big admirer of what you're doing. We try to support you guys, guys in any way we can. And, and uh, that comes out of appreciation. So thank you. The feeling is mutual, honestly. I, I feel honored anytime I see uh, you and Young Goose at one of our events or collaborations. In fact, if I get thrilled when I go to an event and I see you all there. So like uh-huh. I get to I get to go and see you as well. Yeah. Hug, so <laughs> absolutely. So listen, yeah, we got you here on the podcast not only because you're an amazing person and I love talking to you, but also because you are like a real rock star in a few, I would say, subjects that that I feel everyone should be interested in. And obviously, people that are that are interested in skin health. So I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into some of them, especially because I consider you like a pioneer 
of the uh, liver revolution, you know? Ah, like, thank uh, you. Yeah. And uh, can you help us understand uh, how liver health directly impacts like overall health and also skin health? Uh, maybe we'll start there. We'll start with that. Perfect. Uh, thank you for the intro, by the way. Yeah, for sure. The liver is my favorite organ to talk about. You know, everyone talks about like the heart. A lot of people love to talk about the brain nowadays, but the liver is my favorite organ because it's the only organ that can completely regenerate itself if it's healthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to throw some numbers out there quickly, one in four U.S. adults have a fatty liver and they mm -hmm. either know it or they don't, which is, you know, even scarier. But you imagine this is more than likely lifestyle induced because your liver will absorb every single thing that you consume in your life. And sometimes it stores it and sometimes it gets rid of it if it doesn't need it. So you make sure that your liver is healthy. And what I've noticed that the liver and the skin have a connection with is that if the liver is off in any way, I think the skin is off as well. Yeah, for sure. I think the skin is an interesting organ. Yeah, you know, it is the largest organ in the body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really, it is the organ that really reflects internal health. If something is off, the skin's not going to be prioritized and the skin is going to look, look it. So definitely, I mean, taking care of something as important as the liver will kind of, you know, manifest itself in the skin. And is that is that like how how do we know one of four of those? I bet that's like only what is documented. I bet if we <laughs> if we really you know dived into uh, everyone's uh, cabinet, we could infer that probably one in three, one in two have have liver issues. I, I agree completely. This is what's happening uh, recently because uh, I'm still in practice, which I, I, mm -hmm. I love doing. I love seeing clients. I call them clients instead of patients because mm -hmm. it's a different mentality that comes with that. Right. But mm -hmm. I have these clients that come in with fatty livers and sometimes their doctors never talk to them about it. They were diagnosed with it. Sometimes they weren't diagnosed with it, even though it shows up on a scan. And a lot of times I've found throughout ex, uh, experience is that the right labs matter because sometimes you're ordering the wrong labs and they don't pick it up. And then the scan yeah. will confirm if there's something going on. However, sometimes there's not always something on the scan. So you're right. If I look to my left and to my right, I just have to kind of assume there's a lot of people out there that just don't have a healthy liver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the liver obviously plays a crucial role in, in the detoxification, not functioning optimally, obviously will result in, in skin issues. But can you share some some signs that our liver might not be effectively detoxing? Like, how does it look like? How would someone know? Obviously, there are things in the skin that, that would show it, but how would someone know that their liver isn't functioning correctly? So I think there's rashes or pimples or acne of some sort that pops up on the skin. And an uh, example of this is a teenager, a female, right, woman, young woman who's uh, going through, you know, puberty and acne is a big issue. And what's fascinating, you know all about acne, but I find that acne at that age can be an estrogen issue because yeah. we find that there's different estrogens throughout the course of a lifetime that a woman will make. And certain times in their life, it's increased and certain times it's decreased. Well, the liver regulates all the hormones, but especially estrogen. So you imagine if you can have acne from bad uh, estrogen, which is very true because what do they give you know young females for acne? They give them birth control, right? Yeah. And that improves the acne. So quote, I say quotations in the air, right? But you know yeah. it, the liver has to metabolize the birth control then, right? So then you imagine the liver has to metabolize the estrogen regulation on top of the medication from birth control that's off label, by the way. And so mm -hmm. now you've had a quarter. Uh, 
cause like a bunch of, you know, issues to start. And then that's the cascade of things that develop into your twenties or thirties. And then, you know, you think, well, this thing doesn't ever go away. And I, and I have to just tell people your liver is like this refrigerator, this pantry, right. That stores things from years past. And if you haven't cleaned out, you know, things from 10 years ago, you know, that's still like rising to the surface. And I think that's what you look at someone's skin and you can kind of tell, right. Like how is the elasticity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is it sagging? Right. And you're thinking, okay, well, that is a sign of aging. I'm like, well, so is stress, you know, and I can see it in the wrinkles, right? Yes. I mean, I think stress is a huge word because normally when we say stress, you know, a a person passing by would immediately think of emotional stress, which is correct. I mean, that's normally what we associate with stress. But I think also other parts of, um, of our daily lives that accumulate and our body has a hard time dealing with should be addressed as stress as well. And and obviously detoxification or the lack of it is also a type of stress in the body, is a stressor. Therefore, obviously it can increase emotional stress. These, these two dance hand in hand, but also both of them can manifest in similar ways if we talk about our appearance, like whether it is you know, breakdown of collagen, whether it is drier or oilier skin, whether it is imbalances, hormonal imbalances that then obviously manifest themselves in the skin. So when the wheels start falling off, they really start falling off. That's that's the problem there. Oh, yeah. And I want to take it a step further because you brought up a good point. Think about chronic issues that people will have, especially when it comes to chronic acne, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll say a personal story, right? I've had acne on the on my back. You know, mm-hmm. pretty much most of my adult life. And it wasn't until the last few years that it's improved. And, wow. you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I've It's improved with diet, mm-hmm. you know, and every single year since I've been born, I think my diet's changed. And I think it should. I, I don't think your diet should ever stay the same. I think you should rotate in, especially if you're eating seasonal food to begin with, right? But, yeah. you know, what I've, I've learned, especially with the connection to the skin, is that, you know, people will have stress and it causes rashes, Right. Mm-hmm. And you think about chronic issues like, um, let's say shingles. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, Epstein Barr. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've heard about some of these people. Uh, they have these infections that turn into chronic issues and then it exacerbates the term exacerbates. It flares up with a stress. And so mm-hmm. you brought up a good point. The stress that people think of is anything. I, I, life is stress, right? Yeah. Work is stress. Waking up is stressful. So you got to be able to detoxify that and metabolize and handle it, right? You just got to respond to stress better. And nobody really thinks about the liver in that light. And I think that's why our mission and your mission align, you know, you say, okay, well, beauty is skin deep. And you say, well, yeah. not, and you say, okay, well, it's further than that. I've seen people, when you think about their skin, their livers improved, their skin improved. And so they would go to the, you know, stylist and they say, what are you doing with your skin? They're like, oh, I've just been doing this liver detox. And you say, okay, well, your rashes, your skin, you're like, you're the little bumps that you have, the white specks, you know, the dark specks or whatever. They're like, yeah, it's improving, right? And then it takes a step further. There's also a correlation with like, uh, with hair. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you start thinking like, okay, I can tell in your hair, your hair's thicker. They'll tell them the same thing as well. And what I really like, and this kind of throws to what y'all are doing with, you know, young goose, I look there and I see Nat and I see resveratrol and I have to get into it right now because Mm -hmm. I see the ingredients back there. So the reason I'm a big fan of y'all is because of the resveratrol Mm -hmm. and the resveratrol that's in there. I'm a big fan of because it directly helps the liver. And if you think about diet and you think about things that we put into our body, how many things are helping the liver? And so I imagine even absorbing something like resveratrol on the skin 
not only is skin deep, but it goes directly, I imagine, somehow into your liver, gets metabolized there, and it helps the liver out and supports it, right? Because it's a recipe, like an ingredient that nature gave us that helps us function better, right? And I just got to be honest, most people aren't consuming resveratrol enough in green tea throughout the day, right? Yeah. And it's funny because we can go back and forth like this dance between, you know, that healthy molecule or whatever that is and go back to to cues in the body, as you said. Well, obviously, like uh, what we specialize is and kind of is kind of trying to communicate with the skin as, as much as possible. But what you're right is, is that resveratrol really funny enough, it is a stressor. Like, you know, we, and, and David Sinclair talks about it in his book, Lifespan, and he explains really well. You know, if you want to, whatever you want to say about David Sinclair, what I really like about him is how well he explains things. Oh, yeah. So he says, you know, we as human beings, we're really bad. We're like, a, we're like it's like in my relationship, you know, I'm really bad at getting cues from Anastasia. I have no idea half the time what I should do or shouldn't do, right? Yeah. But at some point, there comes stress along and then I figure out they fucked up. No, but basically, we are very bad at getting cues from the environment on, of, on what's going on. We don't know. We don't have the ability to know if there is a high ultraviolet exposure elevation in the environment. We're not really good at detecting subparticulates in the air, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what we are good at is getting cues from things we consume. And actually, resveratrol is a defense mechanism in plants. And that defense mechanism, what it does, it, it basically, it is the defense mechanism against, you know, high UV, fungi, and a few other things, a few other uh, parasites. So when we ingest a matter that has high resveratrol, our body's like, hmm, my environment is not great. I should really detoxify much, much more. I should really ramp up my defense mechanisms. And we are hijacking it at Young Goose, and, and we can all, all, you guys are obviously hijacking it in IVs and other supplements that you guys are creating. So that's what's crazy about it is that we, our body knows that it needs to detox very, very well. So we can okay. actually kind of hijack those mechanisms. Oh, yeah. And it's funny you say hijack. I say that it's uh, nature gave us everything that we've needed, and, mm -hmm. and we just have to realize it, right? And I think what I learned that more and more as I practice how much more we need to be reliant on nature and our environment because we are a product of our environment. So you imagine the resveratrol aspect is one of the big things that's found in is cacao, right? There's peanuts, yeah. right? Which mm -hmm. is great. And so I think about, you know, those nutrients going into people and not a day, people are allergic to peanuts nowadays, which is crazy, right? Like, so they can't yeah. even digest them. So I used to think like, well, why can't they digest them? Is it the peanut or is it the person, right? And then I just <laughs> go back and I look and I just say, but look at the ingredient itself. If you can take the ingredient out of there, right? All of a sudden you have something magical. And for the people who really like to nerd out, resveratrol is one of my true loves. Mm -hmm. Resveratrol has the ability, if we can geek out for a second, because Sinclair brought this up. Resveratrol helps increase insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And when you increase insulin sensitivity, you promote longevity. And that's yeah. something I think every biohacker could get behind because if you're thinking about, well, how do you do that? There has to be a game plan, right? Like you're just not throwing and spraying on the wall here. You're basically saying, okay, I think I have to go with it with a certain approach. Well, for me and my genetics, and I've checked this in labs, my liver doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. And going back to the liver again, I, it's called the MTHFR, uh, yeah. right? And you've heard of this. And so we're going to nerd out for a second. So the MTHFR gene, helps directly with that defense mechanism you talked about. Resveratrol will go and activate the MTHFR gene and another gene behind it, and they go and they help reduce inflammation from stress. And mm -hmm. so you imagine resveratrol for me is a recipe that my liver needs in order to function. However, 
with my genes being pre-diabetic, having another source of an ingredient that can help regulate insulin. Now you're looking at the liver insulin connection now and metabolism. So let's talk about weight gain. All right, just for a second, right? Now, could I make the case that you could lose weight by using resveratrol? Yes, you could, right? Mm -hmm. Because if your insulin or blood sugar is off in any way, if you take resveratrol, you start helping support insulin sensitivity, right? Sinclair talked about this. And then from there, you're naturally going to help support healthy metabolism, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where inflammation decreases and that's where people can lose weight. And so, and so what's really fascinating about resveratrol is that I know everyone's getting behind, you know, the peptide idea of like, okay, I got to get my peptides in because that's the only way I'm going to lose weight. Well, the resveratrol does the same approach. And I will make the case too, because I would love to have this talk with Sinclair. I'm a bigger fan of resveratrol than I am of metformin. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why is because metformin is a medication and like any other medication, it causes nutritional deficiencies. Yeah. Now, just to take it a step further, resveratrol won't cause a nutritional deficiency, right? And so then I say, okay, if resveratrol and metformin and even NAD mm-hmm. are there in combination, because I know that's what he promotes. A lot of times what they're doing is they're trying to activate genes and enzymes surrounding something called the mitochondria, yeah. which insulin regulation directly affects the mitochondria. So if it goes back to longevity and you say, okay, I'm not pre-diabetic, I've got that under control, but I want to live to 100. I want to live to 120, right? I'm taking my young goose, you know, I'm taking resveratrol, <laughs> you know, on top of it. I'm even, we have a resveratrol that I take orally, so I'm getting it double. Yeah. I'm taking y'all's resveratrol orally and then I take a pill. And so what I'm doing is I'm trying to get as much resveratrol into my liver as possible because then it helps support my genes that help Mm -hmm. me support function, right? That's what I'm looking at here. So when I start functioning better, people approach me and say, oh, your skin looks great. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, uh, well, I'm I'm applying this young goose. That's the first thing I think about. I'm doing this young goose stuff. It has resveratrol in it. It has NAD in it. It's helping rejuvenate my skin, but I know it's also helping things like my liver. And so like it all kind of goes back to my approach and I tell people the same deal too. If I have the ingredients, it's up to my body now to know what to do with it. Well, the body Mm -hmm. can do incredible things if you just kind of stay out of its way. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And and I do want to, you know, piggyback on it. I believe there is something to take to take out of it. Why? Okay. Because resveratrol is this amazing molecule. We talked about uh, its interaction with different genes such as sirtuins, etc. We talked about its interaction with the mitochondria and, and how it helps create energy. We talked about its interaction with the liver. But this is this is an approach that we can take also with other molecules that are also extremely important. Uh, and something that I really wanted to bring up for example, is glutathione, which yes. is that master antioxidant in the body. So just to just to give an example, we are also the same way that we want to interact with different genes by using resveratrol. We also want to interact with NRF2, which is NERF2, which is this pathway that ramps up glutathione and, de- and detoxification. So we do it, for example, with Moringa, uh, Moringin, which is from Moringa. I really would like you to maybe start by explaining what is glutathione, this master antioxidant of the body, and maybe we'll go from there. Perfect. Thank you. This is my first love, glutathione. (laughs) I love talking about this, so I feel honored. Glutathione is the master antioxidant. So people have, for years who have taken supplements know about antioxidants. They know that they reduce things like inflammation in the body, and they know that maybe that the liver and other organs will make antioxidants. And so Mm -hmm. you imagine when I first started studying glutathione, what I found out was it's a peptide. It's three peptides. 
And it's a mm-hmm. combination of amino acids that form this peptide called glutathione. And the liver and the brain make the most of it. However, the liver makes a ton. And the liver makes enough glutathione to reduce almost anything when it comes to reactive oxidative species, free radical production, any type of just the byproduct of metabolism, right? By Mm -hmm. chemistry standards, you're going to have an action and a reaction. So you're going to make ATP and then by default, you're going to make some free radicals. Well, the glutathione, right, that we make from the liver is always supposed to be there to get rid of the free radicals, detoxify them from the body. That way they don't harm any of our cells. Yeah. And that's, that's just the most simple way to put about. So what I found was that throughout lab work and talking with people and just lurking at how like supplements work, some people don't make glutathione. And so mm. if, if you think about how important this is and how important supplementation is with the right nutrients is, then think about this. So if you were to go look in PubMed, where I get most of my research, most of these articles will talk about glutathione deficiency and they relate it to things like fatty liver disease. They relate it to things like dementia and cognitive disorders, right? And so you imagine that with a lot of diseases, almost you can make the case every disease is going to have free radicals, right? Production some way, which means they're going to have some kind of cellular damage at some point, which means every single disease that you can imagine is going to need glutathione to be produced from the liver and probably the brain now, right? And so what I found is that just taking oral glutathione is not enough and it's not going to help restore your own production. And you know this too. And what I found too, from just my methods, my background is I've given IV glutathione. I've given it for years to people. I give it to myself all the time. The thing is, I want my body to make it on its own, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I imagine this, if you take one thing away from it, don't just take glutathione because it's that incredible because it is. Mm -hmm. I get your body to make it on its own, right? And the liver needs a recipe in order to do that. So like to kind of break it back down, glutathione is a goal for longevity, right up there with insulin sensitivity, right up there with, you know, maybe taking care of your gut, getting good sleep, you know, eating a healthy diet movement, etc. Well, the recipe to get your own glutathione is different for every single person because of genes. Now, if you stay with me on this for a second, the MTHFR gene, which I talked about earlier, that gene, the MTHFR plays a direct role in the production of glutathione. So I found out that with MTHFR mutations and variations, me and other people like me have a harder time making glutathione. Mm -hmm. And you just imagine now from a genetic predetermined standpoint, I look at longevity and I say, okay, I am now 41. I found this out, tested this gene on myself, you know, 20 years ago, almost. No, no, I take back like 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, okay, I know this now. What does that look like in the future for me? I was fortunate enough to order this on my parents. And guess what? We we all three have the worst gene for the MTHFR variant. Wow. And so you imagine that the goal for all of us, I won't even get into what they have from their health issues, but for me, I'm thinking, okay, I'm at risk for metabolic issues because metabolically speaking, I won't be able to make enough glutathione. And so I have to get as much of it as I can. And so resveratrol was one of those things I studied years ago that said, oh, resveratrol can help make glutathione, mm-hmm. right? And then you talked about the moringa. It's like the moringa can, right? And then green tea can, turmeric. And so you think like, oh my gosh. So you talked about the NERF2 activator. Okay. So if you have the MTHFR gene, the NERF2 gene activated, even with a mutated version, you can override it. You can override your genetics. It's called epigenetics, right? Because epigenetics can change your genetics, right? Your your environment can. Well, 
but you can take your environment, like you said, you're gonna hijack the 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 Vest Veranshaw and the and, and the Moringa, and you're gonna take that and say, okay, well, here's my genetics, but I got a secret weapon, I got a tool now that I can still function at a higher level. And so I think that's the true definition of what biohacking should be, is yeah. that it's a higher performance, right? That's what we're looking at. And so without resveratrol, without me activating or over overriding my MTHFR gene, you know, it's hard for me to function. And I've learned this now in practice for 12 years. So instead of just taking glutathione on a daily basis, I'll say like, okay, let me get something like our liver love, which makes glutathione on its own. And then yeah. I take that daily and then I'm like, okay, cool. Now I kind of have a foundation. Yeah, I live my my dream of creating like super cool supplements that vicarious you through you guys. You do. You have I mean, you have that. What are you talking about? But listen, you guys make the tastiest powders, <laughs> the most effective uh, powders like I've ever tried. They're effective. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's effective and it's also super tasty. You know, Anastasia, anything that's that would taste artificial, I can't feed her. Like, I'm not going to, you know, throw sure. brands under the bus, but I've tried a lot of things. But I do want to stay in the uh, in the realm of um, the liver and its job to kind of interpret signals and, and, and feed the body. And one of the things that is very apparent in skin health, especially when we talk about aging, when we talk about maybe the ability to look and, and for the skin to function uh, youthfully over time, is vitamin A. And I think, you know, this is something that, the relationship of vitamin A, the skin, and obviously liver function is something that we've never spoke about before, but it's like super important. So vitamin A, mainly in, in modern diet, in Western diet, uh, unless you're, you're eating a lot of like organs, normally people, uh, the liver derives it from carotene. It's a vitamin from carrots and, and, and things like that. And obviously it's essential for skin health. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare products and our special offer for podcast listeners only. Our products provide you with skin regenerative therapy that corrects the cellular damage that is accumulated over time and aims to lower the functional age of the skin. If you're a first-time Young Goose customer, we are offering the listeners of this podcast 20% off their first order by using the promo code PODCAST20 during checkout. If you are a longtime user and have already tried our products, we highly appreciate you coming back, coming back to this podcast and listening to us, and also coming back and using our products. And we would like to offer you 10% off with the promo code PODCAST10. Can you talk a little bit about the the symptoms of vitamin A deficiency, how the liver interact with it, and, and how maybe we can learn about it in the skin? Yeah, I, I'll tell you exactly. I, vitamin A deficiency looks like me right now with these glasses <laughs> on because I didn't eat carrots growing up, right? Uh -huh. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't eaten vegetables pretty much my whole life. I do eat them still, but I don't like kale. You know, I'm uh -huh. not going to eat 20 bags of spinach. But the carrots thing is interesting because they do say that with vitamin A deficiency, you do have skin issues, you have eye issues, you might have, you know, hair and nail issues as well. And it's a very common deficiency. It really, really is. And it's it's actually one of those things that you kind of wonder why, right? As we mm -hmm. say, is it the carrots? We're not eating enough? Is it we're not metabolizing it correctly, right? And I, I, I go even deeper. I say, well, where is it being metabolized, right? So you're right. We have to take 
food from our environment, maybe, you know, food products and, and from, you know, seeds and even like, you know, plants and you take them and you metabolize them in the liver. Well, the liver will metabolize carotene, like you mentioned, right from the carrots and it metabolizes it and converts it into the vitamin A. Yeah. And so you imagine the liver has to be healthy in order to do that, right? And my MTHFR kind of unhealthier by genetic liver probably never had a chance, right? Like, and I'm just like, gosh, you know, yeah, that's why at an age six, I was eating, not eating my carrots, right? I knew better. But like, exactly. uh, it's like, okay, now I should know, right? And so I do get a chance. I have feed into my kids all the time, right? However, I do know that it's one part of the solution. So I say, okay, well, if I get the carotene, what else does it look like? Well, the skin's going to be better, right? And that's yeah. another thing that you know about as well. So imagine if you're saying, well, I'm taking all this carotene, and, you know, I would make the case to say, uh, you know how they say if you take too much vitamin A, you could turn, you know, orange. I would make the case that it's a malfunction with the liver conversion of the uh -huh. carotene and that it's it's probably, you know, the same thing you would happen with, like, say, st uh, testosterone and getting too much testosterone and it converts to DHT, which can thin yeah. you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, if you see here, what I love about skin care is that it tells me a lot. Like you talk to certain practitioners out there, they'll say, I can tell a lot by the eyes. I can tell a lot by the skin. I can tell a lot by the posture as well, right? From people. So when I look at someone's skin, it's not that they're not taking care of it because I see the effort that it takes in people. Like I honestly do. You just have to understand that your body is this machine that holds on to every single stressor it's ever had. And that includes virus infections when you were younger. That includes the bad fast food you had the other night. You know, it just the bad decision you had when you're 21. One, you know, like it's all still there. And if you're all the, it, all the pizza slices. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, every single, because they, you know, I, I was drinking sodas probably up to about 12 years ago. Uh -huh. you know, to be honest, right? Alcohol 13, 14 years ago. So like, like I said, it's, there's no judgment here for anyone. Yeah. But what I tell people is that you can read a lot from people by just the way they look, right? And you hate to say this, but then you can see it in their skin and their face and their eyes and their hair. You can see in their eyebrows when they start thinning out, you know, or like, you know, you can see my gray hairs coming up. I've even heard that uh, uh, gray hairs are like uh, like a deficiency of zazanthinin or something or lucian or some yeah. kind. Of, yeah. So I, I know I'm also deficient in copper. Like if you mm. want to just mention labs. So when it comes to most of the issues with skin, I used to go look at nutrient deficiencies, right? And there's a lot of hair mineral analysis tests that you can look at and just assume that you're deficient. Yeah. I mean, just I, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're deficient in vitamin A, you're probably deficient in copper. You're probably deficient in vitamin D. You're probably deficient in B vitamins. Let's be honest, right? So yeah. then I say, okay, guess what? Not only does the liver need vitamin A, right? Because it's going to send vitamin A to the eyes and to the skin. Yeah. But then you got to imagine it can store it because it's a fat soluble vitamin. Yep. Okay. Where is it going to store it? It's going to store it in the liver, be used for later use, or you'll store a bunch of it in the eyes. And then if it's healthy, you know, carotene that got converted into healthy A, hopefully you're storing that. Hopefully it's not GMO, you know, carrots that you're storing yeah. in, in the eyes. Who knows? They're out of the skin. To be honest, I think, well, I agree with everything that you're saying. I think most of what we are looking at is just obviously the freshness of food. You know, modern agriculture, we're getting less of the vitamins. But I think also you have to address the fact that we're not eating organ meat. You know, there is a bunch of uh, archaeological studies showing a lot of uh, teeth mark, like uh, canine teeth marks on uh, muscle, on um, skeletal muscle and skeletal bones. Yep. that it were found uh, at the side of the uh, of the cave and why is that it's because when we evolved really the 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 prize of the animal was the 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 organ meat and these these are the most nutrient dense 
parts of the animal. And in general, in the flora and fauna and uh, all around the world, it's those organ meats, even to the extent that, that we can sustain ourselves only with, with really with, with organ meat. So I think that that comes from that, that we really don't need it. Like, I mean, we really have no ability to consume enough. And obviously, then we talk about the fact that there is not enough, you know, vitamins in carrots and everything else that we need to eat. So I think it's all it all comes comes from the same place. Yeah, it does. If I could piggyback on that real quick. So I, yeah. I, I learned a long time ago that everyone's deficient in nutrients, right? And, and you, if you look at it, it is vital. And so you go back to organ meat. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to talk about this. So um, the liver itself, just consuming liver organ meat as a supplement, I highly recommend. So for the carnivore diets out there, you know, I'm a big fan of the idea that organ meat is going to help replenish you, right? Because yeah. if you eat the liver, you're getting the nutrients out of there, right? Like a vitamin B9, for example, more I think more than half of it is stored in the liver, right? And so it's really important that you eat that. I'm a big fan of bovine adrenal gland, right? We have yeah. that in one of our supplements called Zen, you mm-hmm. know? So like, I, I, I really believe you know, that can be beneficial and just assume that you're nutrient deficient, right? The idea is just which one do you need more of, right? And then I would say you got to supplement with that more likely, right? Yeah. So actually, you know, I have a, an interesting question. Obviously, uh, so MSW Nutrition, which is the brand that you co-founded, and that's the brand I was the, referring to before. That's the tastiest powders I've ever had. You have a few products that I wonder how they affect the liver and also how they work in synergy. So obviously, we talked a little bit about uh, liver love, but also boost and bliss. Bliss. Uh, yeah. I wonder how uh, these three, what's in them? You didn't mention it a little bit. But what's in them that really improves liver function and overall health? This is a great, great question. Every single supplement that we have created is geared towards supporting the liver. And yeah. I think if you talk about intentions, you know, Young Goose has an intention, right? Every good company that is out there to help the world has a good intention, right? Our intention is say we're supporting the liver. Mm-hmm. So Boost and Bliss and Liver Love all help support the liver. And what's great about it is they all do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. They can all be taken in a combination of some sort to help do it. So for example, my MTHFR issue, I would go with either Liver Love or Bliss solely with the idea that both liver love and our bliss have ingredients in there that support the MTHFR gene. And in fact, the bliss, which has our SAM-E, which is SAM-E, like little e, that is one of the biggest, if not the biggest methyl donor for the MTHFR gene. So you imagine like, I have to take bliss, I would say daily, or I'm taking the liver love daily. It's one of the two. And so when I take that, I function better. I notice my mood, my cognition, my sleep, my poops, you know, my, you know, my skin's better. You know, I've lost weight, you know, I've, I, so I keep it off or I'm not inflamed. Mm-hmm. So I take those daily as like a foundation, right? But the thing with really, I love energy, like most people, it's the boost, right? So the boost yeah. is our multivitamin. And what's cool about it is when we started the company years ago, me and Baldo, we said, look, there's a bunch of vitamin companies out there. How are we going to separate ourselves? I said, I want to make them fun. Like I want to make vitamins fun. Like people just remember the Flintstone gummies, you know, or, you know, whatever, taking as a kid. You're like, that's how you can have fun with vitamins. Like, no, no, no. We need to have fun with it. Well, mm-hmm. the boost is a multivitamin that you can drink. And there's like a bunch of B vitamins in there, all methylated for the MTHFR gene. And there's even glutathione in our boost. There's S-acetylglutathione. So you talk about absorbing it orally. Yeah, there's a little bit of it in there in case you want to daily multivitamin with natural green tea, coffee, uh, whole coffee fruit extract and green tea extract caffeine. Mm-hmm. So you imagine you're like, okay, I want to up my, you know, my supplements. So I'm like, all right, cool. Well, why don't you just take this daily packet of boost, 
right? Mix it with sparkling water and you got an energy drink or, you know, your multivitamin or a coffee replacement, right? Yeah. That's me. I had one earlier. That's why uh, I kind of <laughs> And then, you know, like I said, I'll do the bliss in the afternoon if I need a pick me up, right? If, if I don't want to do another caffeine drink, because to be honest, some people don't, right? Yeah. And so if I do that, then I kind of have this energy throughout the day and I have really good focus. I can think clearly. I don't get tired. And, you know, I've noticed that food slows me down kind of, right? And then, you know, alcohol used to slow me down. Sugar slows me down even nowadays. So then I'm like, okay, well, these vitamins don't. They actually get me through the day. And then I have energy to maybe go do a workout or maybe go home and enjoy my energy with my family, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things when people come to us like, well, you know, I want more energy. I want to lose weight. And so I imagine that, that this is what they want. So I'm like, okay, here's the recipe for you. Take liver love daily, right? That's my number one favorite supplement for the liver is our liver love. It is a recipe for making your own glutathione. It supports the MTHFR gene. I take one a day. If you want a heavier detox, you take four a day and it will yeah. clean you out, right? And so be prepared for that. I'll finish the bottle. And then if you did the bliss, that's a mood booster. But my boost is kind of like, that's my energy drink because I don't drink coffee. My wife and I don't travel without it, honestly. And so over the years, I've supported you know myself with these things. I've looked at it in my labs. And yeah. I, I can really see the difference. I can see markers changing. I can see you know my gene didn't change, but my inflammatory markers, my biomarkers change. And I think I'm healthier. And I've kept weight off. Uh, I have really good energy throughout the day. You know, I, my skin still looks great. I know I use Young Goose every day, but it's one of those things that I say, well, I, I've also taken care of my liver. And yeah. so I think that's why I look good at 41. Yes, and, and, and to, to your point, especially if we try to correlate between weight loss and skin health, and the liver function, the healthier your liver is, the more it can support the cellular renewal and cellular turnover. Especially when we lose weight, what happens is a lot of the a lot of people they retain a lot of the skin that they lost. And especially as we grow older, a lot of it is the cells not turning over fast enough. And by supporting our liver, the liver can then obviously create more glutathione or store more vitamin A from the food, which then is going to be used in order to turn over cells. So a lot of the people that are kind of preparing for weight loss or are intending on weight loss, they should really, really, really emphasize good liver function. Oh, completely. In fact, the thing that we're known for more than anything else besides the liver is weight loss. And if you're talking weight loss, we can help people keep the weight off because me personally, I'll just say this now, I've lost 45 pounds over the last 20 years and I've kept it off. Wow, wow. So my liver, like I said, when I was 21 was not healthy. Mm -hmm. And I, most people, when they think about gaining weight, I tell them that they're inflamed and they mm -hmm. kind of just, they get it right. They're like, yeah, I know I'm inflamed. And I'm like, well, you're probably storing a bunch of things that don't belong in your body. Most likely you're storing them and you're liver, you're storing them in your fat cells, you know, maybe even your skin, right? There's a little fat under skin, right? So you're probably storing them subcutaneously. And the liver is going to get rid of all that stuff. But the, but your sleep is probably the most effective way to detox. Yeah. And so like with the, the organ of the skin, you know, whatever is coming in to the body is going through the skin and it's also leaving through the skin, mm -hmm. right? So the, like the, it's a barrier, almost like yeah. the digestive tract, right? They yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They're just security walls, right? But then you have to imagine there's an absorption process. You take things in, you filter things out. And so with weight loss, they hold on to things that shouldn't be there and they're eating way too much at times when they're actually not hungry. So then you imagine, well, of course, you're going to gain weight. You're going to store a bunch of fast food in your fat cells, and then they just get bigger. And then, of course, when you lose weight, guess what? Your fat cells don't get less inflamed. 
that's the problem, right? You're like, well, I stopped eating, you know, I'm doing this little, you know, fasting diet, intermittent fasting. I'm like, okay, of course you're doing that. However, when you're consuming that food and I'll just kind of pick on like, uh, the, the meat eaters, I don't think it's good to eat a bunch of hamburger patties every day as your diet, mm-hmm. right? Like if you just do hamburger patties all day, your liver has to digest all that and has to store yeah. all that. Right. And if it doesn't have room because it's fat, you know, it's fatty, you're going to gain weight. So imagine, give it a break. One, try to eat healthier foods and healthier fats, you know, keep in mind, you can easily do that. You know what to eat, but when you're hungry, that's a different story. The weight gain part is that people need to get rid of the stuff in their body in order to lose the weight. Yes, they have to stop putting things in there. But like I said, if the liver is a refrigerator, you have to clean out the refrigerator. And some people never, ever clean out the refrigerator, which means that's a symbol of why they cannot lose the last bit of weight, right? Whether it's the 5, 10, 15, 30, 50 pounds, they can't keep it off. Yeah. I'll pick on semiglutide, for example. So semiglutide suppresses your appetite and helps regulate insulin, right? So that's great. However, it doesn't detoxify the liver. Yeah. Yeah, it acts, it acts specifically on, on the glucose-utilizing uh, part of the cell. So basically, it's called GLP-1 agonist. It's glucagon-like peptide one yep. agonist. So yep. the problem is we're bypassing a lot of the natural mechanisms and not to pick on, I mean, if you are diabetic, if you need, if, if, if GLP-1 agonists, you know, uh, Wagovi or whatever the new one is, uh, yep. uh, semiglutide is, is uh, up your alley, great, do, yep. go do that. But you are not, but as you said, you are not resolving the real issue. It's like taking a pill for a headache when you're, when, I don't know, when you have a concussion or something, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, I, and I want, I'm glad you brought that up because we have people who have used that semiglutide as a jumping off point, right? And and this is what I really try to bring up because I've had people also do it and they go right back to gaining the weight, you know, because, you know, that's what we've seen with medical weight loss throughout the years, the HCG diet, if you remember that diet years yeah. ago. And so you say, well, you're dealing with hormones here. You're dealing with hormones and peptides and you're dealing with things that control your appetite. Let me just bring up leptin real quick. Yeah. And I know we could briefly talk about this. Leptin is a hormone that comes from inflamed fat cells. And mm-hmm. when you have a fatty liver, it sends a signal to the fat cells, the adipose tissue to release hormones. And most mm-hmm. people don't know their fat cells are organs, but they release hormones like leptin that directly go to your brain and suppress your appetite. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's insulin resistant, they've gained weight, you know, fatty liver, they're overweight, they have a lot of leptin and they're having leptin resistance. And what's happening, chemically speaking, they have a signal going to the brain that tells them to put the fork down, but they choose to eat instead. Yeah. And it's really fascinating because you say, well, why are they doing that? And it's like, you know why? And because we have a deeper connection with food than we understand. And chemically speaking, our bodies do better without food and between meals in a fasted state. We just eat way too much. And we don't even realize when we're not hungry, we crave too much, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 100%. One of my favorite products, and indeed the product that started it all, the first product we ever released, is Care, which is an NAD-boosting moisturizer. And if you haven't heard about NAD, this is the most important molecule in our body uh, and is also called the fountain of youth. So what Care does, it raises NAD levels in the skin. And not only that, it also uses enhanced resveratrol and nine other supporting ingredients, providing the ultimate fuel for your skin's regenerative processes to dramatically improve deeper lines, brightness, texture, 
and pores aside from being a longevity supplement for your skin, making sure that your skin is healthy, vibrant, and looks amazing for many, many years to come. So uh, give care a chance. You mentioned inflammation, and obviously that's like a, that's that's an easy one to mention, right? Like we we talk about inflammation, we talk about health all the time, but really inflammation. One of the things that inflammation does it signals repair, and when we have chronic inflammation, basically what the body says, oh my god, I need to hold on to a lot of building material because a lot of repair is needed. Okay, it's like a again like a city that we're building. If there are a lot of uh, calls on the radio, hey, we need the cement here and we need the, you know, whatever, spackle there. But that city will hold on to a lot of material, right? The, 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 the factory that creates the material. But the problem is, is that the, imagine that there are one million walkie-talkies when there were only one can talk clearly and all of them are shouting together, hey, we need whatever, you know? Yep. So the factory has absolutely no idea what it needs to do. That's exactly like that leptin that you talked about or any other signaling uh, uh, hormone, peptide, molecule, whatever that is. The receptor of the signal is getting blunted, is getting desensitized. Obviously, we know insulin resistant. That's the same desensitization. But our body is still in a holding mode. If we talk about skin health, if we want to know that we are starting to develop or if you have if you want to be a, an oracle anyone who's listening and you want to l- let someone know they're developing insulin resistance you should look if they have skin tags especially like uh, around where the color of the shirt is on their neck if you see skin tags mm-hmm. it should tell you obviously you know there are many reasons but it should tell you that this person is in a chronic state or a chronic anabolic state chronic state of the body trying to grow something and that expresses itself in mistakes so the skin grows this extra skin tags but that is just like a general like a meta analysis of that inflamed body uh, you mentioned inflamed fat cells you mentioned a lot of inflamed areas but that is really just a man- manifestation of, of of chronic inflammation oh yeah and i'll take it a step further you mentioned the skin I, whenever I eat something, because I personally also have an autoimmune disorder, probably two of them at least, mm-hmm. whenever I eat something, I can see my fingers get swollen afterwards. And so what I do is I'll sometimes take my ring off. And if I could take my, like you could tell right now, I'm a little swollen, but yeah, I could easily slip it off and I can put it back on. If I eat something that's inflammatory, I can see within minutes. And so wow. when you talk about weight gain, right? You talk about inflammation, get this. If you lose weight, it's not like you lose weight in your foot. But you can actually gain weight throughout the day by eating too much, and you can tell right away where in your belly, right? Because you get distended. And what happens with some people is they eat too much or they get something in their body that doesn't belong there, so their body inflames. And you can see it. Oh, I had gas. I had heartburn. I had indigestion. I had constipation. And they just dismiss it, right? And so what's fascinating is if it doesn't come out of you eventually, it rises to the surface in your skin. And I can tell people like, man, you need digestive help bad right now because your skin, like it's just screaming for a makeover almost, right? Yeah. 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 And well, you mentioned the the fact that our body kind of stores all of our traumas. And that's a concept that I try to bring up a lot that we don't age and our skin doesn't, we don't accumulate wrinkles over or, uh, or incrementally every night or every, every day. What happens is that we really age in spurts and we age when there is like a, a an event that 
stresses the body, so for the, like a lack of sleep or or f- emotional stress, or or we were exposed to the sun in in the middle of the day for for too long, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And really, what we are trying to do, especially if we talk about the liver, which is an organ that really prepares for the future, if you think about it, what we are trying to do is to fortify our body against this event that we know will be coming. You know, so. When we talk about like, you know, let's let's dial in the, the liver health, we're not talking about let's dial in liver health because something is going on right now because you're developing a wrinkle or a rash or, or you're gaining weight right now. We're saying something is going to happen. You better have your lig, uh, your your ducks in order, especially like your <laughs> liver ducks. <laughs> yes, I like that point. <laughs> So listen, I want to ask you something kind of to uh, maybe last question that, I, sure. that I'm interested in. So... Um, Apart from from supplements, apart from from uh, boost, uh, bliss, liver love, what dietary and lifestyle modification would you recommend listeners uh, for maintaining the their liver health? Maybe we can motivate them with with expressions in the skin. But what modifications do you like recommending? Okay, first and foremost, sleep has to be a priority. Like you have to maximize it. You have to improve it. It's a practice. You need it more than you think. The other thing I would think about is do routine lab work. I'm a big fan of it. And what I say routine, you have to take the initiative as the person, and you know this by now, to go to your practitioner and say, I want these labs checked. And okay. there's a lot of opportunities now to get labs done without having to really be you know, too proactive, but you want to be proactive enough to where you're checking something so you can see a trend, right? Yeah. And some of the labs, my big fan, uh, I'm a big fan of HSCRP. That's a big test for the liver enzymes and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then the other test is homocysteine. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love homocysteine. It goes with the MTHFR gene and fatty liver as well. And it actually, if my theory is if you have too much homocysteine, you have too little glutathione. Mm-hmm. So so because homocysteine is the precursor to glutathione, right? Yeah. So, so I said those two, HSCRP and homocysteine are great. And then, you know, whatever lifestyle modifications you decide to do, whether it's you, you cut out, you know, processed food you know, food, TV, processed friends, you know, processed <laughs> media, you know, processed uh, artificial light, you know, like think about it, right? Like anything that you do over the next couple of months, maybe to years will be a, a, a process. It's not, a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? So what I tell people is just prepare for you to see this for the long term, and you'll be all better off for it in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, John, this this is, uh, what can I tell you? This is super enlightening, and I, I believe we can go for like the next five hours and, and go into every, every sentence that you said should be a podcast. So we'll, we'll for sure have to have you on again and, and zero in on some things. But um, do me a favor, before we, we wrap this up, everything's going to be in the show notes, but how do people get access to MSW supplements and if they're in Austin, how can they can they access you? And also, uh, where are you online? Because that's where you're really famous. So <laughs> you're, you're too kind. Thank you. Online, Nurse Doza, YouTube and TikTok is our biggest channels. We have a podcast called the School of Doza Podcast, which is education all the way. Uh, for the vitamins, go to I Do Vitamins, as in I myself, I do vitamins.com. Mm-hmm. And for the Young Goose listeners, uh, use Young Goose for a discount, 10% off on anything cool. you want out there. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, where are you guys uh, located in Austin? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're just west of downtown, a couple of miles just west. It's called MSW Health Lounge. Uh, we might be changing the name in the future by the time this comes out. So just look for either MSW or Nurse Doza when you're in Austin. Yeah, and you can always write to them. They're very nice. So yeah. uh, And I was there. It's a very cool facility. Uh, and obviously, 
if I don't know when people are listening to it, but uh, your your conference is one of the best. <laughs> How do you help? So if anyone is, is in the Austin area or not, if they want to fly to Austin and have a good time and, and learn, learn uh, about health, look for How Do You Health Conference. Thank you so much. And thank you for always being a part of it. We really appreciate Don't it. Don't you worry. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, they're, they're going to know about it before. If you follow our social media, for sure, we're going to let everyone know. Anyway, thank you very much. The great Nurse Doza. That was a great podcast. And um, uh, we'll meet again, my friend. Thank you, Amate. I appreciate it, buddy. You take care. Yes, sir. Wow, that was definitely an enlightening conversation with Nurse Doza. Really, the, the intricate connection between our liver health and skin quality is profound, and, and I think we only scratched the surface here, but I think it will give everyone a, a lot of information to digest. There's no doubt that our listeners uh, will be able to leverage the knowledge gained today to enhance their, their health, obviously, and skin health and beauty routines in general significantly. Before we conclude today's episode, let's shift gears and answer some listener questions. So our first question is from a person called Skincare Fanatic 123 who asks, is it true that drinking lots of water can lead to better skin health? What, which is a great question. So hydration is needed for uh, maintaining skin health for sure. Water helps maintain skin moisture, deliver essential nutrients, nutrients to skin cells, and detoxify skin impurities. It can improve your skin's elasticity and even combat skin disorders like psoriasis, eczema, but overall aging as well. It's very important basically to hydrate, obviously, to 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 have an effective uh, overall strategy for maintaining and improving skin health. So yeah, the second question is from Biohacker Joe, who wonders if exercise can improve skin health or what is the relationship between exercise and skin health. And indeed, it can help Biohacker Joe because regular exercise can improve your circulation, help reduce inflammation, Again, help with lymphatic drainage. As we say all the time, the lymph nodes have no pump, like the heart, and potentially improve acne by reducing stress and promoting better sleep. It's another crucial component, obviously, of a holistic health and skincare routine. Lastly, we have Natural Beauty, who asks, what are some natural remedies for dealing with skin inflammation? Which is great, a great question. There are many but some include eating anti-inflammatory foods. Obviously, we had uh, Dr. Shivani Gupta on the podcast recently that we talked a lot about turmeric and Ayurvedic medicine, uh, but also like uh, berries, fatty fish, broccoli, applying um, a cool compress on inflamed skin, or obviously using Young Goose products such as BioBarrier and Green Tea Phyto Serum and the, our, our adaptogenic cleanser they're all very good products to combat skin inflammation. Also care, since this has, it has NAD precursors, and NAD is important for any repair process in the body. So that's, that was the full, full answer. But I do want you to remember that if you would like uh, your question to be answer, answered on the podcast, leave your question in a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you're listening to this podcast, and we will be sure to answer it in an upcoming interview. In any case, thank you once again for joining us on this journey of discovery. We hope that you've found today's episode enlightening and useful. 
And as always, we encourage you to take a moment to leave a rating and review on, on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Your feedback helps us grow and allows us to bring this vital information to more people. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you to anyone who is listening. Stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.